You're listening to SequelCast 2 and Friends, a proud part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Everybody across the land, here's a special from SequelCast, though I don't know what it's gonna be about. Welcome to the Sequel Cast Special, a show talking about special movie topics. I'm your host, Matt Bradley Shergi. With me is Thrasher. I contain over 47 minutes of deleted scenes. And Alex? Interactive features, animated menus. Yep, so we are going to the, well, talking about some of our favorite DVD and Blu-ray, 4K, whatever, special features. Um, we've, we've done this before, but we haven't done it with Alex before. There's so many out there, it's always kind of a, a fountain of... Uh, things to talk about because uh also frankly special features aren't something being done as much anymore as they used to kind of in the in the heyday in the early 2000s you had more special features than you could shake a stick at when i worked uh, at retail you know the most big studio movies would come in a single disc version and a two disc version the two disc version would have special features in that second disc and um nowadays you're lucky if you get things ported from the dvd or, or anything at all really yeah, I remember like the tiebreaker for me was that like if I had like a like if I had two DVDs in my hand, I would look and if one had like an, a, a theatrical trailer as a bonus feature, that was a tiebreaker versus the bare bones one. I was like, <laughs> at least I got the trailer. But I think yeah. like you're saying, like they're kind of on like from studio releases, they're diminishing. But that's where like boutique Blu-ray distributors are just kind of like kicking proverbial ass in the home video market by you're having shot. almost. Yeah, shout, shout factory, shout factory yeah. vinegar syndrome. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Um, I think... Oh, Criterion, you know, mm-hmm. Kino. It goes on and on. It's crazy. now more than ever they have to really sort of carry the weight for that. And you have things like, oh, I recall when like the DVDs first came out, uh, Disney released a few of their cartoons on DVD, and they would say as a special feature, character artwork on the disc. Mm. And it's like, <laughs> oh, 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 does that mean? There's maybe a slideshow of concept imagery. No, it just means on the disc there's artwork of like the poster of the movie. That's well, yeah, very poorly worded. <laughs> uh-huh. well, well, to this day, they will still list like interactive menu, the thing that all DVDs come with as a special right. feature. Yes. Now, an uninteractive menu would be pretty problematic. <laughs> I press play, but nothing happens. I know. <laughs> I want my money back. Um. And I think one of the things that got this going was that I remember, I think we referenced like uh, bonus feature feature movies because some bonus features are feature length movies like the Criterion Blu-ray or DVD of Paul Feyhose's Lonesome Fest, two full length features of Paul Feyhose's movies, which I've actually watched more than Lonesome <laughs> or even like feature length documentaries, stuff like that. Um, the Steven Soderbergh's uh, King of the Hill 
has this whole other feature of his called the underneath, which is like perfectly restored. It's like, you know, it's like you're already going to get my money. I'm going to buy this because I want the movie. But if you're going to include a whole other feature film, hell yeah, I, I don't mind ponying up 20, 30 bucks, you know. Yeah, and it's one place I used to work at retail called uh, Movie Stop. It was owned by the same people that did GameStop. Um, they didn't last for that long, but we had a special section just for Criterion, and trying to explain to customers what Criterion movies were was exhausting. Oh, it must have been daunting, yeah. Yeah, they didn't understand. They were just like, why are these so expensive? And I said, well, Criterion is sort of like a film preservation thing, and I, I was halfway through my explanation before they sort of tuned out. So, yeah. They're the type of people who would assume the DVD is broken if there's a black bar on the top and bottom of their screen. <laughs> I mean, you still had that. This was I worked there in 2006, so yeah, you still oh, yeah. had that, certainly. Uh, yeah, it was really frustrating because, like, I remember someone had asked me, like, you know, oh, what'd you do on your day off? Like, oh, I went, like, movie shopping at Barnes & Noble for the yeah. sale, and, like, by the time... Like if I if you say something like that and someone goes like movie shopping, it's like I'm not even gonna s- explain what the Criterion sale is or anything like that. I was like, yeah, 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 that's a fun thing, you know, whatever. But right. yeah, then, I mean, it, Barnes and Noble, I think it's probably the, the the store anymore that has like the best selection of of DVDs because uh, Walmart doesn't have what it used to. Best Buy, yeah. it's really tiny. Like it used to be so many shelves, and now. And, media. I think it'll it'll still be there in some ways or another, but like we were saying earlier, it was it's, it's going to be those boutique labels like the Vinegar Syndrome or, or Shout Factory or or what have you that kind of pick up the slack on these kind of sometimes cult films, sometimes classic films to do these uh, extra features and commentaries. But um, Alex, you said you had a stack of your your discs, so why don't you pick one oh. that has a, a special feature that you really enjoy? I've got a whole bunch. Um, I guess okay. one excellent one to highlight would be. Well, first of all, I got this Sam Fuller collection from uh, Indicator. Oh, uh, neat. It's awesome. It's got um, It Happened in Hollywood, Adventure in Sahara, Power of the Press, Shockproof, Scandal Sheet, Crimson Kimono, and Underworld USA. Um, the first few movies were like screenplays of Fuller's or works Fuller's that the movies were based on. But as a feature for um, Underworld USA, it's got this um documentary called the the rifle the typewriter and the camera i believe it's called and it's this long it's like a overly feature length it's longer than most feature length things a feature of uh interviews with sam fuller conducted by tim robbins and if you know sam fuller at all he's just this cantankerous boisterous wonderful colorful dude who is like a crime reporter at the age of like 18 or some shit and it's hilarious because he's so wild and just you know so outspoken and they were saying that in shooting this, he would just keep going on these rants that when they were changing reels of film, he would just keep talking. He, they couldn't stop him. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, and it's funny because um, there's, like, one moment where you can actually see, like, that, like he almost, like, gets into, like, a fight with one of, like, the crew guys because he, like, references religion or something. He's like, no, you don't talk about religion. And he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock your socks off or something like that. And then <laughs> you can see it cuts, and then you can see, like, you know, the, the leader and stuff. And then you can see that they had some, like, off camera resolution and he's like oh, i'm sorry kid but you know you just don't bring up these things he's like you're all right you're all right don't worry he's like oh you can hear him off camera like i'm sorry i thought you were gonna like you know punch me in the face like i would never do that never never and um it's just it's, it's stuff like that that's terrific and like i'll probably watch this source more than maybe the movie itself that's on the disc mm-hmm. um and also it's like the american genre film archive another boutique label um got edwards uh the violent years 
and again, you get another feature as a bonus movie, Anatomy of a Psycho. I mean, it's a fucking stupid movie, but I love that I have it, and I love that I got to watch it. Um, other cool ones are also, uh, you know, with any Ridley Scott movie or any popular Ridley Scott movie, you usually get like a huge three-hour-long making-of documentary, like a company, <laughs> Blade Runner, Alien, but yeah, exactly, Gladiator, Prometheus even. I mean... I I'm, I'm I think I'm in one of the smaller cults of people that actually kind of like Prometheus, but the the making of is just as fascinating as the movie. And again, it's like fucking three and a half hours long. <laughs> but right, um, really fascinating. Yeah. One that comes to mind for me it is very bizarre, but I just like it because you'll you'll never see something like it again. Uh, when this is in Star Wars, was still owned by Fox when they came out with at the time it was the complete saga on Blu-ray episodes one through six, and if you got the the big set, it came with some bonus uh, discs. And one of these is, is just kind of baffling. It's about two hours worth of footage from other TV shows where they make Star Wars references. <laughs> so it might be a clip from Family Guy or The Simpsons or uh, Big Bang Theory or SNL. Or it's this weird grab bag of two hours weird. of footage from all these shows where they're just, or, you know, 30 Rock where uh, uh, Liz Lemon is dressed as yeah. Princess Leia or Friends, right, or, or whatever. But, I mean, it's just like two hours of this stuff, like with no... You think, oh, maybe they'd interview people that worked in these yeah. shows to explain why there's the reference or there's commentary. Nope. Just back-to-back, <laughs> -back, like, two-hours clip that they all licensed to have a bonus feature on this Blu-ray. And, like, that's so quite strange. bizarre. That's like, quite bizarre. And there's no, like, narration or mm -mm, nothing. No. I mean, no, I think that's cool, but <laughs> it's very odd. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very strange. And it's like... At first, I, I was just watching everything on the disc when I, on the set when I first got it. But, like... Two hours is a long time to watch these like standalone <laughs> oh, yeah. clips. Like I had to break that up over several weeks. That's so funny. And I thought like at first that you were gonna say like archival footage, like ads or weird like mm -hmm, nice show sure. appearances or something, but it's actually like Family Guy, Simpsons, Thirty Rock. Like I'm sure that must have been a distribution rights nightmare. But <laughs> yeah, I would think so. But that that that's one that just stuck to me as being well. That's that's something they'll never do again. You're not gonna see that in any Disney. Nope. Election. Yeah, uh, Thrasher. What about you? What's one that we haven't talked about before? A DVD special feature. So something, something that that I I love. You you will sometimes get sometimes get this on the special features for science fiction movies, but I think some of the and TV series. But I think the best, and this is where I was first introduced to it, um, the uh, Red Dwarf complete series sets from I think series four onward. It's a British science fiction comedy. The DVDs for season four onward, as a special feature, they have raw, unprocessed special effects footage. And sometimes it's like like a good half hour or more of this raw special effects footage. So you get like pre-processed -pre model shots in motion. Uh, you'll get shots of like explosions going off but like it's in real time it's not like slow-mo to make it look more dramatic and spacey uh and as somebody who like loves model kits and that kind of thing i love looking at these shots just to see to see how these models were lit and prepared to, to be used in the show and before you know any digital effects or anything were thrown in and one thing that's cool uh about uh when you have the raw special effects footage is Every now and then, you'll see special effects footage for a scene that was cut. And you'll see something that 
you would never see if you were just watching the episodes. And, and Red Dwarf being an example, there's a, a classic episode called White Hole where it ends with them firing like a mining laser to shift the orbit of a planet. Well, in the in the episode in the episode as it airs, uh, we see like. A, uh, like a display on a sensor showing the mining laser, like how it targets the planet. And then we see these shots of the planets moving. Well, apparently they filmed a special shot of the underside of the spaceship Starbug opening and reconfiguring to deploy the mining laser. <laughs> and it's such a fascinating shot. And I can understand why they cut it. It does just eat up time. It doesn't yeah. make the, it doesn't make it any more tense or exciting, but the shot itself clearly took a lot of work to do, so I'm glad we can see it and appreciate it. Yeah, and I'm sure those guys, you know, the the the, the, the special effects crew put that together, appreciate that it, someone's seeing it and someone's appreciating it. You oh, know? yeah. It's so and, much goes into that, I mean. And that's another fun thing about the raw footage is since it's raw, like, every now and then, you will see the special effects people in the shot. Like, there's a great yeah. shot of, like, the, the Starbug landing in a field of snow, but... At the end of the clip, you briefly see the hands of the guy holding the wires <laughs> that's settling the ship down. But that's at the awful. beginning of the clip, you basically see a guy like throw a bunch of powdered sugar into the air and then run off camera. And then that's what creates the snow effect. And I think that's like another founding. Like, I think as far as bonus features go, it was usually like, again, I would say stuff like animated menus, stuff like that. But as it was usually either like you get like a trailer or then another popular first bonus features usually um, outtakes and deleted scenes. Um, and I always found that with deleted scenes, I always like anticipated like a treasure trove of like wonderful material when in all actuality, it was actually like a lesson of like how editing works and continuity and stuff where like, like, well, that was fun and cute, but it would totally throw off the momentum of the film, you know? Although every now and then you see a deleted scene that makes you wonder why it was deleted. Like yeah, Ke exactly. Kevin Smith movies are like that. Any, oh, they're, yeah. they're, mm -hmm. Sometimes the deleted scenes are as long as the finished movie. And there's almost always two scenes that I can't believe were cut that would, mm -hmm. that would enrich the film if they were put back in it. And there was, um, like, in Jaws, uh, deleted scenes of, like, Quint, like, singing along at, like, the music store because <laughs> he's going to buy a can of wire or something. It's, I love the scene. And it's, you can tell, like, how far they got like, committed to putting it in the film by how good the footage is. And, like, the sound sync is good. The footage looks good. Like, it's, you can tell that was, like, probably excised from, like, a near final cut of the film, you know. Because sometimes you get a deleted scene, you see, like, leader and, like, you know, freaking scratches and stuff. But. Like, some of the Jaws stuff, it looks, like, pristine. Like, that probably got excised immediately before the screening, you know? Yeah, and some of those deleted scenes, um, as a special feature, you know, you can barely hear the audio if it's on-set audio or it's really dirty-sounding. And it's, yeah, I mean, the quality is, is all over the place with those. Um, I, I Another special feature that stands out to me, it's just really, it was in, in the heyday when, you know, Fight Club and stuff like that was coming out with like four commentary tracks. Mm -hmm. uh, Rules of Attraction, based on a Brett Easton Ellis novel, um, came out. Uh, and one of the special features on that is a commentary track uh, from the prop comedian Carrot Top. And really? they're showing him the movie for the first time and he doesn't know what it is. So at the first, he thinks it's like a normal college movie. And then I think like within the first five minutes, characters are vomiting on each other. Yeah. It, it gets pretty gross and, and, and bloody and gnarly. And like their whole rest of the commentary is him going, what the hell? I, this wasn't what I thought the movie would be. 
<laughs> that is that, fascinating. That is that, fascinating. It, it, you, get, you get someone that didn't work on the film doing a commentary. You get that every once in a while. You had mentioned Kevin Smith. I think Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier do a commentary track on one of the versions of Roadhouse. Yeah. Um, or you get, uh, there's a great Criterion one of Martin Scorsese and Francis Ford Coppola talking Thief of Baghdad. Yeah. Where they're not uh, recorded together. But that's a pretty good one. Uh, Tarantino, I think, has done some that's not his own. Some of the, yeah, like uh, the, uh, some Dragon stuff. Dynasty stuff. Yeah, like King Boxer. Yeah. Um, Mike, Mike says, Nelson did a commentary track for a reissue of Reefer Madness. Oh, yeah, awesome. Makes sense. That's very yeah. awesome. But actually, speaking of, of commentary tracks, uh, which I, I I just now realized we agreed we weren't going to talk about. Oh, wait, it's part of, it's the first thing people think of yeah. in special features, I think. But like when it comes to like the audio commentary track, like becoming a, like the idea of it being a bigger part in popular culture. So uh, the show Space Ghost Coast to Coast, which was kind of the seed from which Adult Swim on Cartoon Network sprang. Uh, when that finally, when that started coming out on DVD in uh, the uh, the early and mid mid two thousands, uh, Cartoon Network one night. There's the episode called Old Kentucky Shark where the whole premise of the episode is Space Ghost Coast to Coast is being sponsored by a shark-themed Kentucky bourbon company. And <laughs> so one night, they re-ran that episode, but they re-ran it with the audio commentary that the writers and director of that episode recorded for the DVD. But then the night after, they ran that episode again with the bonus commentary track. And the bonus commentary track are the mother's of the writers and director of that episode and they don't and they don't know what they're watching they just kind of like right. put them in a room watch this thing your sons and daughters worked on and just talk about it and <laughs> like and like i'm not sure this what this is my sons tried to explain it to me and then they just start to sort of like just start talking about like who's proud of who and like it's just mom chatter but it's really it's fascinating like i love Aww. getting that kind of outsider perspective on things yeah, was that a cute yeah yeah was that only aired on adult swim or did they eventually was that on a disc that no that was on the disc that was, was on, on the a DVDs. disc so they just happened to air it on tv um Alex, here's a question for you. So, I mean, when you're collecting movies, you would collect videotapes and go to DVDs, whatever. Like, what's the first DVD that had a special feature that kind of blew you away? Like, oh, I can't imagine, you know, I never thought I'd learn um, this thing about a movie or this is something I would did not expect. I think one of the early ones was um, the Criterion DVD for Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Because mm. I think at the time I wasn't I wasn't in tune with the Criterion collection and all that. Um, but they had like two copies of the movie and it had just like your average one with a Johnny Depp poster as a cover. And then they have the Criterion one with like, you know, it's got the double disc. So it's wider. You've got the Ralph Steadman artwork. So I'm like, well, I'm buying this cause it fucking, I just bought it cause it looked good. I, you know, I didn't know really much about bonus features. Meanwhile, um, it's got, of course it's got a few audio commentaries, but what I thought was really cool is that, um, I guess like pre movie Alex, you know, I was really into like literature and, and journalism so obviously hunter thompson was a big draw so one of the bonus features was a bbc documentary on the actual hunter thompson and at the time before youtube and all that like this is kind of like mythical footage like seeing the actual hunter thompson like interact and do interviews and be his crazy self and um and also just like they're discussing all of his work and stuff and how insane it is and there's a scene where a doctor's basically like you have like two or four years to live 
and this is like 1977, I think. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, fast forward, you know, 30 years later, he's still, you know, he, I think he just passed away a few years ago. But um, it was really wild because um, he, like, draws how he wanted his ashes dispatched in a double-thumbed gonzo fist and shot out of a cannon. <laughs> and then years later, when he passed away, you actually saw that realized by Johnny Depp. And um, But, yeah, the, the bonus feature for Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and all the stuff on there was, like, boom, mind, mind blown. That was really... Uh, really ultimate, you know, first feature mind blower. Yeah. Nice. Another one that jumped out was, uh, this is ancient. I have had this thing around. You can tell the spine's a little sun bleached, mm. uh, fiction. And this is like, I think like maybe the second release of this film ever, but it had the Siskel Niebert episode as a feature, oh. which I thought was so cool. And, Subsequent Tarantino flicks that came out on DVD had the Tar- uh, the Siskel and Ebert clips accompanying it. And this one is actually an entire episode they dedicated to Quentin Tarantino after Pulp Fiction had come out. And it's a really cool time capsule because you get to see, like, fandom back in, like, the mid-early 90s. And um, it's really fascinating and very cool. And I wish more people would do that, whether it's good or bad criticism on on the critics' part, you know. Right. Um, Thrasher, what's one that another one that comes to mind for you? So one one that can be really hit or miss uh, is when like they try to include like a game as a special feature, very often taking like the form of trivia. And like sometimes it's been horrible. Like there's one of the Harry Potter DVDs where to unlock one of the special features, you have to play this like trivia game or like this potion mixing game. Uh, which I hate it. Like it should be its own thing with the fact like to, to unlock something. And then if you ever want to show that cool thing, you got to redo that goddamn game again. But one of uh, those games that I absolutely love that for ages was standard on trauma DVDs was the trauma intelligence test or TIT. There's the trauma <laughs> intelligence test That's and the awesome. trauma intelligence test too. And it was just a 20 question trivia thing where you would be asked, you know, trivia questions about trauma and, you know, you know, their, their, their sort of humor was, was displayed in it. But if you answered a question correctly, you would be shown a scene with brief nudity. If you answered it incorrectly, you would be shown a scene with a gruesome death. Uh, and then at the end, it would tally your score and it would sort of like, like rate, rate your knowledge. But what I love is the better a score you get, the worst things it says about you because you know so much about trauma. <laughs> so I'm glad you mentioned that like game things. Remember um, the first two seasons of the Simpsons on DVD you, to get the, the menu, you had to match the characters heads to the bodies. Oh, that was so horrible. You, it was so horrible. Yeah. So you had to enter it and go, and then like Marge's head would be on Homer's body and then you have to do it again and again and again to just watch the DVD just to get to the menu. <laughs> it was so maddening. And it always took, it was like, it, it was pre and it wasn't random. It was preset. So you always had to do yeah. it three times, times but you couldn't yeah. press it again unless like it finished like doing its rotation. And or they do like these little animated segues, like you press play on an episode and then like the lights would go out and you just see like the character's eyes or something like that. Well, well those were fun. They had some yeah. cute little gags there. They that were harmless. Too much time. But it's something you don't see off very often now, like the like flourish of a DVD release isn't as prestigious as it once was, I guess, is that people aren't going to go that little extra mile, you know, and put little animated things. Well, one of the reasons DVDs had such an explosion of special features is at one 
time the technology was new and that was part of how they sold it and then oh, when, yeah. DVDs, when dvds became commonplace that's when studios were like okay okay let's scale it back right. just put a trailer on there we don't need to pay for anything else what i love too is that like if you got something like silence of the lambs instead of bonus features it would say like case files or like if you got like heat or something it wouldn't say special features it'd be like the loot you know they would like code it with all these funny like you know little names and stuff like that and i think and i think it kind of backfired because once like dvd became commonplace and special features started being scaled back i i do i do have like f- friends who like and actually me on 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 the on the occasion when like a new movie comes out on dvd if it doesn't have inspe- like impressive special features i'm like oh i'll wait five to ten years when an anniversary edition comes out that will have yeah. special features i'll get it then yeah it's like a new wes anderson movie comes out and it's like i'll wait till the criterion edition comes out because we all know that's going to happen or, or um, you have these things where you know they the director talks about a special version that just never comes out there quentin oh, tarantino yeah. for kill bill there's going to be i think it's screened at some film festivals but there's something called like kill bill the whole bloody package yeah where that one fight scene that was in black and white would be shown in color yeah uh, from the first film and i think it had a few extra scenes in it like that never i think was... they edited it together right? yeah yeah it says yeah. one big feature um, but that never came out yeah, I think um, I, I think there's some bootlegs of it, but it's never gotten an official release, to my knowledge. Yeah. So that's something that's uh, kind of weird. I mean, you um, thinking of you know fun special features. There is, um, I think it was on the the 70th anniversary of the Wizard of Oz. I think it was might have been the first Blu-ray release, perhaps. Mm. But it has so many things on there, like the original silent film uh, Oz oh, movies. Yeah. The one that Frank a, L. Baum produced yes. himself. Yep. Um, Very not, cool. not necessarily based on Wizard of Oz, but other books in the series, like Ozma of Oz and some of those things. You also had on there a uh, either a late 80s or early 90s TV movie starring John Ritter, where John Ritter played L. Frank Baum. <laughs> it's, a, it's in horrendous quality and it's interlaced yeah. videos so like there's lines going through it and stuff it must be from good old interlaced there. oh yeah but, but there's a uh... throw stuff that was such a deep uh cut on there was uh was pretty nuts the there was a dvd oh what was it on on when they did the re-release of the star trek dvds with the two disc sets i think they would they oh, had yeah. a, a text commentary by the um okudas who were sort of technical advisors to the star trek shows and it was just pointing out all this kind of technical star trek nonsense on like mm-hmm. every spaceship in the background every oh, thing. Yeah. i mean it was like trivia as a text only track but you would see that on some movies at, at the in the heyday i would think Oh yeah, yeah. The, like it, the informational captions. I I absolutely love that, and I love it when I have the time to just sit down and watch them. Like all the Doctor Who DVDs yeah. have an informational text track, and the one thing that I always love is it always begins with like it, the first thing that comes up is how long the episode is and wh- the date and time it originally aired. And if that date and time was messed up for some reason, it would explain. Oh, it was delayed for this, or it was preempted by this. And then it then it has the official uh, the official description of the episode that appeared in the TV Radio Times. That's awesome. 
and it's just it's just so so quaint but i I love it and and you know and, and while some some dvds have done it more in that pop-up video style where like yeah. you get a sound effect and the thing comes on the screen yeah. with an arrow pointing at something i do kind of like it when it's just plain text that i can read right. almost like it's a book the best ones were um for if you get a roger corman movie that has that feature because corman flicks are like you know everything's macgyver kluge oh, last minute yeah. so like galaxy of terror has that and it's like I mean, it's almost overwhelming because there's so much information. It's like this scene, he used, you know, styrofoam Big Mac containers for the walls. This scene, you know, those are paper cups for earmuffs. This scene, and you can see it too. And you're like, it's almost shocking how much, you know, sleight of hand, um, you know, last minute, low budget shit he can sneak by you. But then when you see it, it doesn't diminish it. It actually makes you appreciate it all the more because it's so innovative and crazy. A DVD feature that people made a big deal out of at the time, but I don't think many DVDs really used it, was the alternate angle feature. That was yeah. primarily used by adult videos. Was it? Okay. It was these big buttons on the remote that like nothing really used. And I'm like, what is this even here for? Yeah, if anything, it was like by accident. Like I'd try to hit pause and hit that by accident. Then I'd see like, you know, a different side of Brad Pitt grabbing onto a ladder and seven or something you know yeah i mean what you mentioned you know um some of the ridley scott stuff on a later special version of gladiator they did it had like a three-hour documentary but weirdly it's split up into maybe 30 something chapters that are all oh, listed yeah. in tiny print on one page in the menu <laughs> and it's like who would watch it like that to, just to track down uh the, the deleted scene where ridley scott's talking about the christian is being fed to the lions or whatever <laughs> I like the idea of someone who's enough of a movie person to watch these bonus features, but is picky enough to be like, I'll watch the sound editing, but not the, you know, special mm. effects feature. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's right. kind of hilarious. Hello, my name is Jonathan Dunn, and I'm inviting you to listen to Our Three Cents, a weekly podcast where myself and two of my very best gaming chums are counting down our top 100 favourite video games of all time. For all the episodes and information, check out our website, www.our3cents.co.uk. Hi, we're Ellen, Stephen, and Mark, hosts of Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. Topics include programming, design, tools, and more. We also do interviews and one-hour game jams. Listen to Nice Games Club wherever you get to your wherever you get to your podcast. You get there, <laughs> or at nicegames.club. But um, that was another thing I wanted to ask you guys, and I've been running into this more and more lately. Where I'll get a movie and it'll have two different cuts of it or two different versions or aspect ratios. Yep. And I'm kind of like, I'll always Google, I'm like, which one's the good one? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, sometimes, like, I remember with the Red River um, Blu-ray, the director's cut was actually shorter than what mm -hmm. they, because what they thought was a director's cut, they always just figured the longer cut's the director's cut. But if you know Howard Hawks, he knows that, like, he's all about, like, economic entertainment, you know? So for years, we had all been watching The Long Red River, thinking that was the definitive one. When actually, The Real Red River is like 15 minutes shorter. So like I remember with like um, with a Driller Killer, I got that. And I had two different versions, two different aspect ratios. Um, Gaslight had two different cuts from 45 and 40. And I'll, so I'll, I'll literally look up like, I just want to like, like, tell me which one is the good one. Because <laughs> like one cut will like feature a song that you couldn't see in the other version of the movie. So... I mean, really something you saw a lot on DVD is, um, especially when I worked retail, it was kind of maddening to find these things to sell to people. But you, you would have um, 
the unrated version, right? And the oh, yeah. rated version. And there's two separate releases. The, the earliest example I can think of that is the American Pie unrated cut. Uh, where <laughs> it had the, the actresses in the cover instead of the actors. Um, and like that's that's an example where I think the unrated version is worse. The main difference is I think you have a bit more of the Shannon Elizabeth nudity where she's in the webcam, but really the big difference is with the pie. Instead of him humping it and he turns around and it's kind of stuck in front of him, he climbs on top of a table and is having sex with it, which isn't right. as funny. And, and it, also, it, too, it's one of those things where it's like, like American Pie is not something where like I, it's like not like titillating or anything like that. It's not like, oh, I want to see more of Jason freaking what's his face, you know, humping a pie. <laughs> like, well, that, that's... something interesting because because for the longest time in, in the uh, in like the the late 2000s and early 2010s that was the big deal the dvd the unrated cut the right. extended cut what we couldn't show you in theaters and in many cases that was the only dvd release the movie got uh but as mm-hmm. as some critics have observed uh you know there, there, there'll be like five to 15 in some cases bits of uh, worth of extra minutes worth of extra footage in there but in most cases, that stuff that was cut for good reason, and it messes with the pacing of the film. Yeah, and, and they're not director's cuts. I mean, sometimes you had extended cuts that were director's cuts. They just weren't called director's cuts for whatever reason. But Right. And, like, it, um, one thing I thought that was kind of frustrating in the early DVD days was that, the, remember when The Exorcist got the, the re-release with a footage you've never seen you've never before. seen, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. And, again, the inclusion of the spider walk was, was interesting, but I was one of the, I didn't like that cut because he had like the little right. spooky face like kind of just like shoehorned into like random scenes and yeah i remember just calling up like the record store and being like can i get the, like the other exorcist i just want the regular one without all of the shit um so you know a special feature that i would lo- like i would like and i don't think i've ever seen this and this would be primarily for like uh for like horror movies and things there was a, a period in, in the 80s and the 90s where if a horror movie was made, they would film the TV version parallel with the theatrical version because they knew they would want to sell it to television and cable, but they would have to cut out so much you wouldn't have a whole movie. Um, right. and, and that led to some interesting things such as uh, uh, Reanimator uh, with Jeffrey Combs. The TV version has a different plot than the theatrical version because mm. they had to cut out so much gore and nudity. They had to put in all the stuff they cut because it wasted time about hypnosis. And so there's this, all this hypnosis stuff that kind of becomes the main story or like a classic example of return of the living dead where the TV version, uh, they, some of the scenes play out completely differently because not only did they cut out the swears rather than just replacing them with mundane words, they wrote whole new dialogue. So it sounded more natural, but also the, the, the main guy, uh, the young, the young man who gets everything going, he's wearing a jacket in the theatrical version in the TV version, his jacket is off and he's wearing a t-shirt that says TV version. (laughs) <laughs> That's awesome. and so there's like little things like that that are also different i would love to be able to get both versions on one dvd you know yeah. uh, a recent uh i think 4k release of superman the motion picture came with the tv cut which is like three hours long um that has a lot of extra scenes they added so they can put more commercials in there you have um oh you mentioned terry gilliam earlier on that criterion version of brazil 
they have the the TV cut that's shorter with the happier ending. Yeah, that's right. There's um. Pretty so often yeah. you see stuff like that, but not um. Scarface had had a special feature that oh, yeah. showed the scenes with the cursing, what the TV versions look like, which was pretty <laughs> funny. And like when they would have to cut away, like I think it's got like footage of when they were trying to go for like an R rating, or um, because I think it got originally got an X rating. I think, mm-hmm. uh, yep. yeah. So it shows like what they yeah, had to cut. And De Palma was basically just like, screw it. If I'm getting X, I'm putting it all back in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you might as well just go all the way. Um, and yeah, there's another. I wish I could think of it. Um, there's a horror movie where I think it's one of the Price Corman ones where for television they would shoot like extra openings for it to like tack on to the beginning to like you know pad mm. it a little bit more or to sell to another market or whatever as a as a different film and it's funny because it's like directed by like monty hellman or jack nicholson or like one of the up-and-comers from the you know corman alumni that would be the new hollywood um i mean i, I wouldn't mind if they put some of those remember like on halloween amc would do those marathons and sometimes they'd get like a horror actor to come on and, and oh yeah, dress up in yeah. And do like a introduction like where did all those go? Like, yeah, that's got to be somewhere, this, this right? I mean, I'm sure they're on YouTube or something. But I, I remember right. Linda Blair did it one time, and they were doing a, a marathon of like Hammer movies, like stuff she had nothing to do with, but it was right. filmed like on repeat and Halloween-looking set. And so here's yeah. here's something cool: uh, is that when uh, Vinegar Syndrome put out a special edition of the Clint Howard horror movie Ice Cream Man, yes. uh, <laughs> they. <laughs> One of the special features was the complete episode of TNT's Monster Vision hosted by Joe Bob Briggs with Ice Cream Man. That's oh. a special feature. And apparently that did so well, uh, enough of that footage survives that there's going to be a line of horror movies released that were featured on Monster Vision that are going to be released with Monster Vision as a special feature. That is pretty awesome. Now, does that mean that Monster Vision version it has all the TV cuts in it? I, that I don't know. Uh, those details. This was announced uh, in July, mm-hmm. uh, and unfortunately, the announcement didn't really go into de- didn't get in, really go into detail about that. Well, it makes sense. I mean, Joe Bob Briggs, his uh, his stuff on Shutter has been very popular. Oh yeah. So, yeah, he's undergoing quite a renaissance lately. Probably ties into that. Um, there is also thinking of the uh, special features. Jeez, there's a great one on The Simpsons season one where they watch part of like an episode that was so bad they had to have the whole thing like reanimated it was like maybe the first episode they got back from south korea yes some enchanted evening was produced to be the series premiere but they had so many problems with the animation it ended up becoming the series finale and more than half of it had to be animated so as a special feature they have both the complete cut with the shit animation, but then they also have a special audio commentary track with the shit animation. And what is fascinating is that James L. Brooks gets so pissed off at what he's seeing, even like all these de- years later, that he walks out of the audio commentary track. <laughs> it's not a bit. You hear the door close. That's awesome. Oh yeah, because I remember they were saying that like you know they'd get like. You know, they'd send the the animatics or whatever off to Korea, and then you'd come back and it'd be like green pizza and stuff like that, because like they don't really have pizza in Korea at the time, so they didn't know how to color it properly. So they'd have a lot of issues with that. Um, 
and just trivia, random stuff like that is another awesome thing about bonus features is that, you know, you get the behind the scenes junk. And sometimes the, the behind the scenes features are just incredibly boring, you know, and then other times it's fascinating. Um, another thing too is like, um, like, like Shout Factory has their own style of doing their own bonus features, you know, and they'll get like very in depth with something like, I don't know, like a lot of Hammer films have a lot of cool features now. Um, Arrow does something like that too. They'll have like, you know, two hour long interviews with the cast of, you know, the house movie or something like that. And it's, uh, it's awesome. It's very cool. So something I love, especially if it's a, a movie that's very music heavy, uh, isolated soundtracks. As yeah, Twilight feature. Time does that a lot. Yeah, where um, you just watch the movie cool. and it's just the soundtrack. It's and like a feature length music video. <laughs> in many cases, it is. I mean, there there are yeah. some there are some great ones. There's actually some there's some Doctor Who DVDs where you can watch it with just the sound. Uh, the episode <laughs> Ghost Light is amazing. Watch that. That's movie. awesome. It's very trippy and creepy. Um, Heavy Metal 2000 has an isolated soundtrack, which is really good. You're just watching interconnected music videos. Although I no. love during the ICP song, the lip sync of the characters matches the song. That's uh, right. To the point where, and I believe I pointed this out when we covered Heavy Metal 2000, there's a point in, in the ICP song where Violet J says, and one more thing, and uh, St. Germain actually holds up his, his one finger and, and wags it and says, and one more thing. Yeah. It's amazing the way it Yeah, and that's up. not a coincidence, you know. That, that Yeah, that's definitely not a coincidence. It's very cool. The other thing that's kind of neat you can do, especially with a movie like that, it's something you can play in the background at a party. Oh yeah, totally. Like you get the, a really neat the, visual, you get good music. It's great. Yep. The Beastie Boys video anthology is like one of the most watched things. And the cool thing they did is that they'd give you all different cuts of the song and different cuts of the video. So for each video song accompaniment, you can vary. There's like five variations within each, which is like five times five is twenty-five. So for the whole thing, there's like you know like five hundred different tech, five hundred technically different music videos you can watch in that one dvd and that's not counting like the bonus features and all that you know all the bells and whistles and stuff it's a very cool setup right um there's oh god there was a really good one i remember of um conan the barbarian the john milius movie uh, yeah schwarzenegger and milius i think are on the commentary and, Mil and Schwarzenegger hadn't seen the film in a while. Mm -hmm. And so he's saying stuff like, oh, that woman, she looks fantastic. Oh, yeah, that's when I hit my head on the rock. Like, he's very literal. And then John Milius is a lot more highfalutin talking about uh, warrior spirit and all these things. And just, oh, yeah. Uh, just the, the, the way the two of them uh, play off each other is pretty good. Um, yeah, Mr. Literal and Mr. Like, you know, very, very involved in like the myth of masculinity and machismo and all that stuff. Yeah. It's like you couldn't have planned that better. Um, also, there's a great feature on the, like you said, a lot of TV movie accompaniments. Um, the DVD for Double Indemnity has the made for TV remake from the 70s with it. Oh. And it's a piece of shit movie. <laughs> it is not good. But I love that I have it and that I can watch it. And it's like tit for tat, the dialogue's the same. But like hearing the dull, like like Isle Diamond and Billy Wilder's dialogue come out of these people who are just like 
I don't want to, you know, crap on any actors, but these guys aren't that good. Um, it's just hearing this dialogue just come out of these people with like no emotion. It's like surreal to watch. It's a, it's a trip. It's really wild. So something else I, I like, uh, and of course you need a computer with a, a, a CD-ROM drive or DVD-ROM <laughs> drive to take advantage of this, is when there are PDFs included on the dvd oh, yeah. of like promotional material from the movie was released or or but or better yet scripts you get a pdf yes. of the script sometimes mm -hmm. you'll even get like a producer or director's annotated script that has all sorts of neat notes in the margins they had to scan the whole thing i love going through those kinds of documents i remember that was really popular like very early like first generation dvds like something like the abyss where it's like you know interactive cd-rom trivia and stuff like that with like the bad like you know like 56k style like animation that you'd get um you know like you said you'd have to get a cd-rom drive but it's totally worth it you had um a pretty early box at new line cinema is pretty good about them was uh, on nightmare and elm street uh one through six and the new nightmare and then they had one that was kind of like uh the whole thing was set up as a game the bonus disc was like a labyrinth like a maze you had to navigate from first oh, person cool. And you would find maybe a clip of uh, Freddy Krueger on MTV or a documentary clip. Like you had to really fight, <clears throat> excuse me, to see these clips. And it was a unique way to present it. But at the same time, it was it's kind of a hassle because at the end of the day, you just want to watch <laughs> the features and maybe even learn from them, but not, not have to go through a whole game to, uh, right. to get through it. Uh, Does that um, New Line thing have the documentary Never Sleep Again with it? No, no, this one was pretty old. This was from like uh, okay, the yeah. 90s, but uh, Never Sleep Again, that like five-hour Nightmare on Elm Street documentary is very good. Yeah, uh, it's awesome. You, What did we have? Sometimes you would get like uh, box sets would come out with a weird collectible that no one really wanted just to jack up the price, <laughs> like a bust. Yeah, like a figurine or something, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember any like of those, that. Thresher? Oh, yeah. The the DVDs that had, like, that came packaged with, like, a toy or something, I, I generally tried to avoid those. And the things that I absolutely had to get if the special edition came in a funky case, like, on the one hand, like, the Evil Dead DVDs, I love that they came in these fleshy, gross Necronomicons. That you being couldn't... said, that latex dries out. And yeah. those cases start to look not, they look worse and worse and not in a way that makes them more frightening as it goes right. on. Or like that infamous yep. experiment where they started putting out DVDs, Simpson DVDs in pl these fl brittle plastic cases <laughs> that looked like the character's head. That was that stupid. You couldn't put on your, sh you couldn't put on your shelf, didn't match with the existing DVDs and you couldn't like, it had no spine to look at. So you knew what season you were reaching for. Yeah. It had this like shitty little like uh, plastic, like, you know, sliver thing you'd put on the outside of like the episode listing, but that fell apart within like two days. Yeah. You, you'd have to remove a sleeve, then you'd have to open yeah. the face forward and pull it down, and then there'd uh, be this brittle plastic booklet that opened really awkwardly. Oh, it was, it yeah. was that was a mistake. And it was like those... the best season. It was the sixth and seventh ones too, which were mm. like gold. You know? And so they did reissue those, right, as a standard yeah. package or. They yeah, and, I actually... when the next when the next DVD came out, it actually had a note of how, how you could get an old style box for the previous oh, DVD. Right. And it's like, this is a special feature. And it actually, this is a special feature for all those who fear change. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm going to post something in the chat here, but this was something when I worked at the movie stop. This Planet of the Apes limited edition collector set came with this horrifying uh, head of, I, th- I don't know if it's supposed to be Caesar or not. It looks more like an afro than anything. But take, a, take a look at this. I mean, it was a cool set. It had the original five films. It had the Tim Burton kind of reboot. It had the oh, live action and animated series. Oh, I had that too, yeah. That, that's got to be Dr. Cornelius. I guess, but like, it's horrifying. Ah! Now, you yeah. notice they have a Planet of the Apes. Oh. oh, that's a bust. That's not a DVD set. Never mind. But yeah, this is a. Yeah, no, thank you. It's a weird box. <laughs> Remember there was the, that Aliens box set where it was a Xenomorph head and you popped the top open? Oh, my goodness. Disc. You're right. I forgot all about cool. that. Uh, you know, sometimes it would be. Oh, what was it? We must have mentioned this before, but the the Evil Dead one and two sets that look like the Book of the Dead that made that oh, yeah. sound screaming sound effect when you push on it. Oh yeah, I also it's also funny with um you know series that keep going. Like I remember getting like the Alien trilogy, and then it was like the Alien quadrilogy, which is not a word. Um, and then what is now? Yeah, exactly. And then like I don't think are there any ones that have like Prometheus covenant and the aliens movies. yeah there, there's one that came out right before disney bought fox and now it's out of print it, it doesn't have some of the special feature discs but it was called like the alien i think just collection or something but it's a blu-ray set with those six movies uh okay yeah in in england i think there's a, a crazy set with like all the alien and predator and alien versus predator movies that's a dvd <laughs> set or something <laughs> which is real really huge um a cool kind of standalone disc with a unique feature on, on one of the anniversary James Bond sets. It just had one special feature, which is just the title sequences of all the James Bond movies That's back awesome. to back to back. So you could play, and you're talking about things you could play at a party or something. You could have again, yeah, that like perfect background. And and you could see how they change from kind of the stupid three blind mice thing and Doctor No. That's <laughs> so uh, dumb. Yeah, to the you know Goldfinger and some of the some of the better ones. Uh, Oh, yeah, there's um one thing they finally got around to doing, and this was drive me crazy for years, is that they finally organized them just by who that bond was. Like you can get the Connery ones, you can get the Dana Craig oh, yes, ones. Yes. And it was like a BFT man, like about fucking time. <laughs> you'd get the worst. It was like you'd get like two Roger Moore ones, a Dalton one, and then like from Russia with love. And it was like, who is doing this? Like, no. And yeah, it's all you know films. It's, yeah. It's, it was enough to make you mad. Um, but that was another funny thing where the bonus features would be like MI6 files instead of saying bonus features on the on the DVD Blu-ray menu, which I thought was funny. I mean, special features could be sloppy sometimes. Like on, on the original season one box set of uh, Ninja Turtles, it has as a special feature some episodes from season 10, which is the last season of the series. <laughs> I guess they assumed they would never get that far in the TV right. release. And, and, and they did eventually, but like it's not even like episodes one, two, and three. It's like episodes two, four, and six. Yeah. And that final season of Ninja Drops Turtles. Drops you in the middle of the last season. Uh, yeah, and that final season does have a story arc, which most of the series does not. Um, yeah, that's when they could like double mutate. Yes, in part, oh, the wow. theme song had clips from the live action movie for some reason. They were trying to make it more like Batman, the animated series, and make it a little bit dark, but yet Michelangelo didn't have his nunchucks. He had, like, a bolo instead. Weird. It was girl shells instead of the ball in the can. (laughs) Um, 
as, as we wrap up this discussion, Thrasher, what's one that let's let's say you could put on a special feature right now? What would it be? Oh, gosh, I, I, I think. I I think what I what I would love is for, for if it was for a actually it could be a TV show or a movie, yeah. Because I've really gotten into finding these things on YouTube, um, and the initial airing of whatever the thing was, but with all the ne- but with network bumpers and commercials still intact. Oh, cool! Mm, be cool. Like local commercials, the local affiliate bumpers, the just just all that stuff that really makes it an interesting time capsule. Well, didn't you mention on Disney Plus some of the uh, they have some old Walt Disney stuff that has commercials? Yeah, I could. This this had to have been an accident, but this like night like late nineteen seventies, the, the New Mouseketeers at Walt Disney World. It's like this TV special that's clearly only exists to promote the park, uh, mm-hmm. and I guess maybe launch what what a, a failed attempt at doing a new mouse group of Mouseketeers. But yeah, it's all shot on video. It's all like repurposed laughing actors. It's horribly written. It's just dumb bits. Uh, they don't even show any Disney animation. It's so thoroughly unhip. The, like there's a the one complete song that's in it uh, after a rendition of Zippity Doo Dah, which I don't think anybody really wants to hear right now, is the Pooh Polka. It's a goddamn polka song about Winnie the Pooh. Uh, if you ever oh. like, uh, it's from it's the, the, the it's like the greatest thing to come out of Liechtenstein. They're singing it from Dusseldorf down to the Rhine, and like it's it's so. Bad, so, like it, it's it's such a fallow period for Disney that this came out, but it has all the commercials from when it aired. So this must be some weird archival copy. I can only assume it got on. It's I can only assume it's a mistake that it's even on Disney Plus, and yet there's a graphic for it. That's funny. And it's funny because remember when you tape stuff off TV and you'd like intentionally like stop the tape between ads, yeah. thinking that like you were like saving, you know, you're, you won't have to fast forward through this stuff when you rewatch it. And then now if you were to watch one of those tapes, you're like, if only I left all those commercials in as yeah. a time capsule thing. I know? wish I still had all the joints and Bieber commercials from our, our, our local Lionel Hutz as they were. Their commercials yeah. had to be seen to be believed. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, and I think about like, huh, so that's on Disney Plus, but there's still goofy shorts they're missing. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Still a lot of shows in the incorrect aspect ratio, four by three blown up to one eight five to one. Episodes Disney Plus of is kind of like becoming its own genre, <laughs> like its own phenomena in itself. I like so, I mean, they have a lot of stuff on there. It's just not quite where it should be. What confuses me is with Amazon Prime, they'll have the same movie listed two or three times, and like I'm not sure oh. what's different about it. Oh, well, you know what they'll do. Is that it'll say like you know this is available on Hulu and then you'll click on Hulu and it says it's only available if you have the HBO or Disney Plus accompanying. Oh, the of, yeah, yeah, it's so obnoxious. Yeah, I assume that's responsible for a lot of those multiple listings. But then, then again, I believe there are there are at least as far as like some cult movies go, there are some movies that exist under ambiguous copyright, and so yep. different companies that have done different releases, you'll have different versions from that on the same well, that's service. A good point. You get that with a lot of Italian joints because they, you know, they're sold to the German market from this studio and to the, you know, Brazilian market or the studio. Like I think, um, like MGM, Kino, and um, Masters of Cinema all distribute similar, like Sergio Leone movies. <laughs> all right, um, Alex, what's what's something if you could put on a special feature right now? What would it be? 
Um, right now, I would probably put on the bonus feature materials for Dennis Hopper's The Last Movie, because this thing oh, is like... Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've aired my admiration for yeah. Dennis Hopper on the show a few times, but um, you get some great footage here, and there's a prolonged... Not a prolonged, but a great thing where it's Dennis Hopper talking about his early days of appearing in like uh, Westerns with Duke and like the Henry Hathaway movies and these great anecdotes of just like him going mad from Henry Hathaway and like how he almost like destroyed his career in the early sixties and stuff like that. Or like how one time Dennis, um, Dennis offer, I think it was sons of Katie elder. He put, he was eating powdered donuts and he had gotten like the dust on his shirt, like the, the powdered sugar on his duster. And John Wayne thought, he's like, oh, I'm on, you know, the set of this hippie guy. So he saw the powdered sugar and he thought it was like cocaine. And he's like, I ain't doing no shoot, no doper, you know. And like, it's just so funny that like Duke doesn't understand like drugs well enough to know that like you wouldn't just like rub blow on your shirt if you were doing it, you know. Say it. Vampire. Closer to the worldwide phenomenon with deleted scenes, exclusive audio commentary, and a seven-part documentary. I don't know how long I've waited for you. Twilight, only two-disc special edition DVD, Saturday, March 21st.